Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Aria. A little bit of an update on the Crypto 6 case. In my case, I met with my attorney today, and we got the uh, order from the judge on reducing my, do you even call it bail conditions? Pre-sentencing conditions, I guess. It's not really bail at this point. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Pre-sentencing conditions. I guess they do have some sort of terminology. It was pre-super. It was pre-trial supervised release. Yeah, uh, that was what I was on, and uh, that was what you were on prior to the trial. But right. of course, this is post-trial, post-conviction, so. post-trial. Um, anyway, so the question was, you know, hey, look, you know, I'm I'm not a problem here for the uh, the probation officer. Yep. Can we just go ahead and reduce the conditions, which I had home confinement? I don't think. Were you ever on home confinement? I was never under a home confinement. No, right. they were far more worried about my internet usage than they were where I physically were. I mean, I've right. been all over the United. I've done more traveling since what, yeah, that's true. been on supervised release than probably at any other point in my life. Uh, so that has been granted. I'm now under what they call a curfew instead of home confinement. So instead of having to put in, so this has all actually happened before. Did to they me. ever put you back on the ankle monitor? No, thankfully no. Thank- the, okay, well, I have sad. the new version, which is the app that buzzes me three times a day, and I have to take a picture. Where I'm at. Okay. Within a little 15 bit, minutes. A little bit less restrictive. I mean, yeah. technically, you have to stay within 15 minutes of your house, I suppose. Which isn't bad. I mean, that's fine. We don't walk the dog crazy yeah. lengths of uh, distance. So, yeah, it lets me walk the dog without any real issue. And uh, and it's not a cl- you know clumsy device that's wrapped to my ankle 24 hours a day. So, from that perspective... It was a step forward, but we went through all this before where previously yes, I had an ankle monitor on. <laughs> we had to ask to have that removed and it took like, you know, it took a year before we were able to do the ask and then we did and it was, it was granted. And then this time around, uh, there's also the fact that you had, um, your monitoring software was removed at one point. You were allowed to actually have unrestricted, well, not unrestricted, but unmonitored access to internet and computers and stuff for like a very short Three week ish yeah, or so basically period during the trial. Yeah, like a week before the trial. Which obviously it makes sense. Like, hey, we're trying this guy. None of the digital surveillance that we've done in him was remotely useful to anyone. It was just a hassle. So can we get that off there? But like, as soon as the trial was over, the prosecutor's like, hey, can we get that back on there? Like, and it's back. What are you yeah. gonna do with internet access, man? Yeah, like, that's you can't leave the country. So anything that you could uh, theoretically do is dead in the water already. Yeah, so that's back. And so the restrictions are back, but we did reduce it to a curfew today. Um, but it's not as good of a curfew as what I had last time because I had out until 11 o'clock at night last time, and now it's only 7 o'clock oh. at, uh, at night. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. So, What time do you get to leave? Because there's like a window, right? It's like 6, 6 a.m. a.m. Okay. Yeah, God, which was rough. 9 a.m. Now it's 6 yeah. a.m. So, uh, you know, that probably means I'll be able to go up to the Porcupine Freedom Festival for at least one day, kind of like last year where we went up and I gave a speech and hung out with people for the day and then went back. We'll have to leave earlier, Um, but there's a special motion in that my lawyer filed today uh, called an expedited motion, because normally when you file a motion, the prosecution has two weeks to respond to the motion before the judge then can rule on it. Yeah, and in two weeks, I mean, I'll be packing up to go to ForkFest. Right. Right. So we need this thing decided quickly, and I guess, you know, expedited is a thing if the lawyers don't do it too often or whatever. I don't know what the rules are around it, but it hasn't really happened in, in this case. So uh, Sisti filed an expedited motion to specifically get permission 
to allow me to go to the Porcupine Freedom Festival and Fork Fest. And, you know, I, hey, you know, I can check in from the app there or whatever it is I, yeah. I got to do. It's My just, gut tells me that it, it should that it shouldn't be an issue. And it's I don't think work. the judge will have an issue with it. Like yeah. he did say he wasn't inclined to let you leave the district. Which that's means, not what I'm asking for. Right, which means the state of New Hampshire, for those who have never played around in the federal court system, they call them districts instead yep. of states. But what he means Correct. is the state of New Hampshire. And technically, to take 91 up to Lancaster, you do go in and out of Vermont, but that's not even necessary. You could take a different route there. I if, could go up through New Hampshire, sure. Yeah, yeah, if that's even an issue to them. But I doubt that would be an issue. And the judge has proven to be very open-minded and very reasonable he seems to be in these matters wants the end to run oh, oh and mark's, mark's with us by the way sorry i forgot to uh, join the room thank you yeah the service in this place sucks as i understand it the judge wants to appear to be liberal and progressive hmm. that that's what i've been told okay uh, he was appointed by like george bush or something though progressive was the word that was used not liberal I mean, obviously, I'm hoping that Ian doesn't go to prison, right? I'm, I'm going to prison, and that's not going to change. That's why if someone wants to actually do something, they're concerned about this, letters.freetalklive.com is the way to go, because I'm going to prison. That's not changing. That's going to happen. But Ian doesn't have to go to prison at this point, and we're hoping and that he never has to go. Speaking of which, a possibility, because appeal what's your is day? an option. What is your day, Aria? Uh, I'd have to check to be sure. I think it's June the 27th. It's either the 26th or the 27th. It's the Tuesday of whatever, whichever one that is. I, I constantly forget. 26th. Oh, wait. Yeah, 27th. 27th. Yeah. yeah, I constantly mix them up. But now, that's what it is. Did yeah. they tell you yet where? No. And I don't expect they're going to until mm-hmm. like the very last minute. Okay. Probably. Yeah. Knowing government. Cause, yeah, because that's the government, right? Why They're not in a hurry. It's not their life, right? They don't yep. care. But it's, you know, the whole thing has been assigned to some board. I do get asked a lot, you know, well, are you going to a men's prison or a women's prison or where are you going? That you do. But, uh, but yeah, but like, guys, this is the federal government. Like, th- these are the same people who manage the DMV. Well, I, yes. it's not really the same people, the same institution, but you know what I mean. They're not good. Same organizational at, model. Yeah, they're not good at anything. The guy in the, uh, there's a gentleman who sent a letter and I, he asked us to not name him, but... Um, he's in the Midwest, we'll say that. Uh, and he is in a federal facility there. And he said, it's like living at the DMV. Yeah. 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 He did. Maybe that's why the, the idea was stuck in my head. You know, you're going to deal with some pettiness. You're going to deal with bureaucracy. My concern is that I have to self-report, which means I'm going to be in one of the camps and not one of the prisons. That's why the letter, until I realized what he was saying, it kind of bothered me. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a lot worse than I've been expecting. But then he was like, oh, but I haven't been in a camp. He's in minimum security. And I'm going to end up in a camp, as far as we can tell, because I'm self-reporting. So I'm like the lowest of low security. Like, I'm Mm. going and turning myself in. You can't get lower security than that. And. And I have absolutely no criminal history. I'm college educated. All if there's a list online that you can tell what your what your classification level would be. Okay, Mark, thanks. But you can look <laughs> online to see what your classification as a criminal would be. And like, I don't even get a single point at any point during the thing. So I'm zero points other than the actual crime itself, which mm-hmm. was a nonviolent crime. But anyway, so I don't know. But I do have to self-report on June 27th at 2 p.m. And I don't know where I'm supposed to self-report to. And how, how does this work? Do, do I do I get an Uber there? Or, I mean, what, <laughs> do I go to the local jailhouse and get them to transport me? There's nothing that's been communicated to me 
about this and nothing will be communicated to me about this until the last, last minute, minute when I'm yeah. at pork fest <laughs> right. and they're like, Hey, by the way, we figured it out. You're going to Devon's, Massachusetts. Have a good time. See you Tuesday. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to have you drop off in Concord and then ship you down or if you're going to have to go right. to the actual facility yourself and get dropped off by a friend or, or whatever. I don't know. It's crazy. How long do you expect to, uh, to stay at this point, Aria? Uh, I'm sentenced to 18 months. It is an 18-month sentence, but with the First Step Act and all of these other things, and a lot of it you have to be pursuing like a degree to get some of the things knocked off. I'm likely, some people have said six to nine months. As I look more into it, it's it's more likely going to be 12 to 15, realistically. And I may get it may be twelve with three additional months on on house arrest or something along those lines, but most likely I would say fifteen months. Tim is in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Tim. Yeah, uh, well, I did call about my dog, uh, but I did have a just a couple of comments on the upcoming imprisonment or possibility of. Uh, um, well, it's definite know, for Aria at this point, unfortunately. Yeah. But you can always say, do you like to read, Aria? I love reading. You know, you take advantage of the time because I, I presume you'll have access to a library there. I intend to spend more time writing than reading because by trade, I'm, I'm, I'm a writer. That's what I did before I ever put a microphone in front of my face. And I prefer writing. It's just I don't have the time or the political energy to do a large amount of writing mm-hmm. and a large amount of talk radio while also doing the, you know, 50 hours a week at the place that I was working at. So right. something fell away and that happened to be the writing, but you know, there's plenty of time and it's something I enjoy doing. And that's what I'm going to end up. The first time I was ever in jail, right? I was kept in solitary confinement, in this little holding cell. Um, you mean on the arrest for the no, crypto six? No, this was when I was like 17 or something. Okay. First time I was ever arrested. And it was a miserable experience. I, I was just a, shoved into this concrete room with by myself and i stayed there for about two days Hmm. and there was literally not there was a toilet in the room and that was it that sounds about right and it was just that for two days while i'm 17 years old didn't even see another human being to interact with so what did i do I closed wait, my. Wait, wait. I, they must have been putting food through a slot. They, or they something, okay, right? yes, they put food through the slots. But okay, that, that's it. That was the extent of human <laughs> they did interaction. Say to interact with. Okay, I gotcha. And the only thing I could do there to occupy my time was tell myself stories mm-hmm. in my head. So that was what mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, I think so it's a good plan to uh, to plan to do some writing while you're in there. And of course, uh, in most prisons, you are able to receive books in addition to the library. I you know don't know what the rules are at federal minimum security, but I think you can get books at some heavier security. I know I know I sent some to Chris Cantwell while he was in Max or whatever the hell he was in. I plan to uh, update my website ariademezzo.com with like contact information about how people can write me and you mm-hmm. know what sort of topics I'm interested in for anyone who wants to send me books or you know send money to my commissary or whatever. That should all be there at ariademezzo.com. It's not there yet. I know that but it uh, will be. Chris Wade's going to update the crypto six website at the crypto com with all the necessary info for contacting so that'll be done for sure so what else tim yeah um well i'll go ahead and skip my ramen recipes we can keep that for another show uh but my dog this morning you know i I was looking around for i didn't see her i saw the other dog in the living room i look out you know this this is the pit bull and she's been she's been treeing squirrels rabbits birds Ducks, toddlers. She's been treeing treeing them for a very, very long time, right? She's been what to them? To tree them would mean to run them up the tree and just keep them there. 
Yeah, or or just will be fascinated by like a squirrel running back and forth out yeah, of how breeze, do you treat you know, a on the telephone line. Yeah, I didn't know rabbits well, could climb trees. Yeah, you're right. So that's okay. actually not possible. But okay. but anyway, the, the, point the hole, being that she's well, so this morning I'm looking for her and I, I look out and I'm she's chowing down on something like it's a full meal. And I go out there and she's got a morning dove. She's decapitated it. She's already skinned it. She's got a mouthful of feathers. And I ended up having to take her inside and I buried the poor thing. But uh. I, I, I don't feel happy for the bird, but I feel happy because my dog felt happy and she's been trying for so long. <laughs> so it was, an, it was an accomplishment for, uh, for the dog then. Yeah. Okay. Get her yeah. a puzzle. <laughs> well, you know, and I, do have I dog actually, I talked to her on walks, you know, for the last year, you know, I said one day Joe Biden's going to take all the food and, and you're going to have to put in your weight around here. Did you have to clear the, clean the gore off of uh, the dog's mouth? I mean, was it pretty messy or? I just let her savor it. I okay. I haven't given her any uh, toothpaste yet, but that's probably coming <laughs> later tonight. But I did bury the bird and you know. That's how I know she's my best friend, because we buried a bird together. Free Talk Live, as a as its uh, vision originally was implemented, absolutely. There was no, we, there was nothing that we didn't do. We did what we, uh, what we intended to set out to do, which was create an open phones radio show where anyone was free to call in, and still is free to call in about absolutely anything. So that's, that's always been true about us. But when we were on the rock station uh, way back in the day, uh, 105.9 Real Radio or whatever it was Mm -hmm. identified as uh, early on, um, it was a different show. It was much more sort of character voices and people fooling around. Those were the callers. Right. Yeah. Well, the the callers, it what we used to say was it's your show, right? Like the callers populated the show to some extent. And I'm not saying that your vision didn't happen, Ian. What I'm saying was the show was different. Well, of course. I mean, it was 20 years ago, but different uh, callers and I mean. the callers were very different at that time. And that was because of the nature of the station that we were on, which was an FM talk station. And uh, we don't really have stations like that these days. They we do have really a lot exist. of FM talk stations. We no, just don't no, have I meant like a hot talk. Uh, thanks for the clarification there. What, what in the business they would call a hot talk station, or some people might call blue talk, uh, which is just sort of most of the shows during the day would be apolitical, uh, meaning that uh, they were talking about pop culture and you know stuff like that as far okay. as the content was concerned. Um, and it know. was blue because it was all kind of cool and low key. That's and more, kind of I mean, I wouldn't talk. say it was like obsessed with sex or anything like that. So, I mean, blue is probably the wrong term. The term that okay. I would I would use is, you know, at least in the industry, is hot talk radio, where they're not concerned with uh, politics or issues per se. I mean, their issues would be different, like talking about relationships or sex and things like that. Would be would have been or pop culture would have been more. Of, oh, like that, like the old ladies who used to do the the. Sex radio show, right? There used to be one who did that, right? Dr. Ruth uh, Westheimer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's been a few uh, doctors on the air. A love line would be a sex, okay. would be a good example, I think, of a uh, kind of classic hot talk Dr. show. Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew Pinsky. Pinsky. And for a while, Adam Carolla, but then Adam Carolla retired and they put other people on. I don't know if it's still on, but that show was, was around for a long time. But that's probably one of the more prominent uh, hot talk shows and that was the kind of station that, that we were on so you got a different sort of audience uh, but free talk live was still the same show as far as we open the phones anyone can call in about anything they wanted 
Well, I don't know if Free Talk Live, you know, has stuck true to its original vision because you're the only one who knows that. But one of the, I'm anxious to get out of prison so I can resume seeing my therapist again because she's she's really insightful and she's mm. made me aware of some things that I wouldn't have otherwise been aware of. Like, I mentioned something about Aria Uncensored or Call to Freedom or some other show that I was considering, but I was like, I'm going to prison so I can't resume a show or, or start a new show or whatever. I don't remember exactly what the concept or the conversation was about, but she she asked point blank, you know, well, what do you consider to be a successful show or what do you consider to be a show that's like worth your time and effort that you put into it? And I didn't have a good answer. Hmm. And by contrast, she was like, well, you write the, you write these novels, you write these books, you write this music and all this other stuff. And you don't care at all. If those things are quote successful, you don't measure the, your music by how popular it is or Mm -hmm. your writing by how popular it is. So how come when it comes to these shows, you're measuring that Good question. by how popular it is. And I was like, wow, just completely taken aback. And just in that one question had to reformulate exactly what I consider to be a successful thing. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. I mean, for me, it's like, am I satisfied as a creating person, right? Like yeah. when you're doing music, like you said, is it going to be, is it your vision? Is it the thing that you imagined? Is it, you know, true to what you had originally wanted to to create? Did it sound the way you wanted it to sound or whatever the things that you, you tend to judge your own performance right. by? Same thing's true of me. I don't ever look, I don't really care what the statistics show. I know Mark's very concerned with statistics. It to yep. me doesn't matter one iota. Success um, is measurable and quantifiable. Well, for it me, depends on how you define success, right? Yeah, for me, is the it measure know, as as being measurable and quantifiable? For me, is it you know did I show up and have a good time? Yes, okay, that was a good show. Then uh, if I had a good time, if I didn't have a good time, or I feel like I uh, didn't do a great you know, performance, if you want to call it that, uh, then and they can't all be winners, right? You do yeah. three hundred plus shows a year, you're gonna you're gonna have some bombs uh on your hands. And same thing would be true if you did a bunch of songs right. and crank those things out too. So well every album has filler, right? I mean mm, that's just yeah. a fact of the situation. There the music industry is sort of moving less away from albums. Yeah, right, right. Which is why I like that because it means less filler and all all singles or not singles, whatever the word would be. But I mean that was a line from I think one of the, a Primus album, they can't all be zingers. I think it was their yep. greatest hits albums. I mean, Sounds it's absolutely right. true. <laughs> you can't, and this was one of the reasons that like 15 years ago, my music throughput just plummeted to nothing because I was in this mindset that every new song I wrote had to be the best song I had ever written. Mm, there was no way, yeah, there was no way to lose the ability to write music faster than that. Yeah. You know, some of the, the trolls in the chat room were complaining the other day, oh, Free Talk Live's change is worse than it's ever been or whatever and i pulled up the statistics at that point because then it's you know then you're just playing with the trolls or whatever oh, yeah. Just, uh yeah statistics show free talk live listens have been going up since aria Demezzo came on the show in 2017 2019 nice. or whatever the year they were was. complaining about me then of course they were uh, yeah they're always complaining <laughs> about you but uh, yeah they also complain about me for letting aria you doesn't wear pants <laughs> why doesn't she wear pants you remember a few weeks ago there was news that there was like a drone that had flown into Moscow and had struck like it had exploded right over the Kremlin. Do you remember hearing that story a little while back? Yeah. Well, apparently the drones came back in much larger numbers recently. This is uh, in recent days, according to The Sun, blitzed by a swarm of drones in a rare attack on the Russian capital uh, after... Ukraine vowed to respond to a barrage of unprecedented missile attacks recently. So I guess, was this last night? 
Anyway, it looks like uh, a couple people were injured. There were at least several, maybe, it looks like they've got a little map here, uh, maybe as many as seven or eight explosions. They shot down a number of drones as well, so it could have been like a dozen plus drones that were flown into Moscow. So, I mean, this is definitely, you know, some escalation going on over there. This war is... It's, it's pretty ugly. Well, that's what they wanted. Yeah. Zelensky and Putin, instead of just getting into a ring and like beating the crap out of each other, they want to sacrifice the entire world. Of course. Yeah. The, the government uh, top goons are never going to do the actual fighting. Which would be a, le- a less violent way for this to be resolved. They, they have an issue. Let them, let them get together and fight it out. Right. There's no need to kill a bunch of innocent bystanders. Yep. In this case, uh, thankfully, apparently no one did die, but it obviously is going to keep this conflict going on. Uh, In other international news, and this is the big one I I neglected to share yesterday, the Telegraph is reporting over in the UK that the, what is he, the Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, this is the banker guy or whatever that's like uh, in a top, top position over there, yeah, Prime Minister in the UK, he is asking for price caps oh. on food. Well, that won't work. Never does. This is why people are going to starve. But the difference between this and your typical price caps is he is apparently just, quote unquote, asking. Because normally when you see the, the mainstream media reporting that government asked so-and-so to do a thing or government asked this business to you know jump through all these hoops they never ask you usually when the right. government does a thing the government gang is threatening you and if you don't do the thing that they are quote-unquote asking they will then put a gun to your head and force you to do the thing or close your business or put you in a prison cell right and so epi- economic law on this particular scenario is so clear if you implement price caps you will have definitively 100% for certain shortages of whatever you put that cap on. This is basic economics. Yeah, if you put this price cap on food, people will starve. Right, so England may control all of English uh, food, but probably England doesn't produce enough food to feed England. So, if you put, uh, which means that food comes in from the outside, and if somebody puts price caps on food, then if you are a farmer who sells watermelons and you can sell them at a place where they were they are $3 a piece or you can sell them at a place mm. where they're price capped at $2 a piece, ladies and gentlemen, I ask you, before you answer, is it evil to sell a watermelon at $3? What would you do? And that's the end of the whole thing. They're going to go to the Netherlands where they'll pay $3. Yeah, and then they'll get smuggled into uh, the U.K. from the Netherlands. And, and they'll pay five. Pay four or five, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Hopefully. Or six. Hopefully they'll be smuggled in and people can buy them on the black market. Yeah. Uh, the alternative is, again, starvation. So uh, this is probably best described as a soft price cap, at least the way it's being explained here. So let me get into it here from the Telegraph. They say that they're drawing up plans for retailers to introduce price caps on basic food items such as bread and milk to help tackle the rising cost of living. Rishi Sunak's aides have started to work on a deal with supermarkets akin to an agreement in France in which the country's major retailers charge the, quote, lowest possible amount, unquote, for some essential food products. 
The move would amount to the biggest attempt to manage supermarket prices since controls established by Edward Heath in 1973. However, uh, they insist that any action by retailers would be voluntary at this point. Yeah, I mean, everything the government does starts out voluntary. Like E-Verify? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like the seatbelt laws, you know, initially it was just a second of, secondary offense. You couldn't get pulled over for it. That's true. That went away quickly. Now, I've never worked in, in the grocery business, so I can't speak from experience on this. So if, if you are out there and you do, you know, actually work in management or something like that, I'm guessing that these basic items that they're talking about here are probably not the big profit makers to begin with, right? Like how much are they mar- marking up? a 12-pack of eggs. How much are they marking up a loaf of bread to begin with? These are the basic items. These are the items they have to compete on the hardest. These are the ones that people are going to buy more often than anything else when they come into the store, right? Like, you only need your fancy hot sauce or mustard every once in a while, but you got to get the eggs pretty pretty often uh, yeah. by comparison, or the, the produce. So I, I, that would be something I'd be interested in seeing is, you know, what are the uh, areas where these stores tend to not mark things up very much? Because they, that's what they're putting in the circulars, right? Like, you got to come you come get your loaf of bread for $7 or whatever the hell they are now. They're really expensive uh, really? for this stuff now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I haven't. It depends on the bread you, yeah, you, you eat. But at the same time, um, whenever I see ribeye steaks on sale, right? Like, I just don't like a New York strip. But whenever I see a ribeye steak on sale, I'll just buy as many as I can uh, happen to have cash in my pocket for and put them in the freezer because I know I'm going to eat this. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter to me whether it's been frozen for three weeks or whatever. Uh, Jay in our chat room, he says grocery stores make such low profit margins because they have an em- enormous amount of waste product. He says, I've seen the amount of food Publix throws away in a day. Perfectly fine food. Their standard is just so high, about $2,000 worth retail. And- that makes sense as well. I mean, food expires. And yes. you know, if it expires, there's, you can't sell it. Well, Even if you I know, know- that the bread, the bread people take the, take their expired bread with them. So Publix isn't throwing that away. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know what's happening to the uh, the vegetables or something like that, but I did used to be on the receiving end of uh, a guy from who did a grocery route. He delivered all kinds of things uh, for UNFI, and they, uh, you know, they pick up old vegetables. So, you know, I don't entirely know how all this works. I also, um, you know, received food from a, a food bank. So basically the things that poor people didn't want that were given for free, um, I would take that and feed it to pigs. And it was always the artesian breads and the vegetables, never the, the candy bars. Chuck is on the line in Washington State. Go ahead, Chuck. Yeah, you were talking about uh, the further um, uh, situation degrading in Eastern Europe. Have you guys been following what's going on in Kosovo as of the late? No, what's going on there? No. So uh, it looks like that uh, uh, there's a movement right now in the northern part of the country because it's divided, as, as mm-hmm. you know. It's uh, And up in the northern part, there's been two lawmakers that were elected uh, that are uh, Albanian Muslims, and there's a uh, uh, strong reaction in the form of protest happening. Uh, there's been clashes with uh, Serbian citizens and NATO troops representing several different NATO countries to include the United States. There's a, 
uh, video footage of the clashes happening, and basically you see what presumably uh, U.S. Army military police getting drug off the front line, replaced by fresh uh, meat there. Uh, it looks like something you see in, like, Minneapolis, Seattle, Portland, or wherever, except you guys are using bricks and iron rods and it just it's it's I guess uh, what I'm why I'm calling is that it looks like it's uh, uh, contributing to the overall uh, the overall uh, downward slope. It looks like what's happening in Eastern Europe. Hmm. So, yeah, according uh, to the headlines here, uh, Newser.com says NATO will send 700 more troops to northern Kosovo to help quell violent protests after clashes with ethnic Serbs left 30 international soldiers wounded. The latest violence has stirred fear for a renewal of the 1998-99 conflict in Kosovo that claimed more than 10,000 lives. So, yeah, this possibly could. Yeah, so uh, back in 2008, as you remember, in 2008, Kosovo established its independence. And uh, there's been periods of, of tensions that have arose, you know, from now until then, or from then until now. But this is a different thing because of the Russian Federation's obvious influence and uh, desire to destabilize anything that has to do with NATO in that region of the world. So thank you very much for letting me. This uh, seems like a slit to take. It really is because I was there and I know what's going on. Thank you. So here's an update on what they say, at least according to the newser.com is going on there. They Referred to the old conflict in the 90s, which left more than a million people homeless and resulted in a NATO so-called peacekeeping mission that has lasted nearly a quarter of a century, according to the AP. Look, you don't need to keep peace. You, you don't need any sort of military force. You don't need any effort. Well, they to do keep if they want to keep flowing money into the military-industrial yes, complex. Yes, you do. You do need military for that. But to keep peace, all you have to do is let people live. Like that's it. The clashes grew out of a confrontation, they say, that unfolded last week after ethnic Albanian officials elected in votes overwhelmingly boycotted by Serbs entered municipal buildings to take office. When the Serbs tried to block them, Kosovo police fired tear gas to disperse the crowd. More violence followed Monday when Serbs attempted to enter the municipal offices in Zvakan, which is 28 miles north of the capital, and clashed with police and NATO peacekeepers. The NATO Secretary General said additional reserve battalion will be put on high readiness in case additional troops are needed. And It sounds like a mess where NATO involvement or U.S. involvement could not possibly make the situation better. better. Yeah. It's like you, the, the Serbs and the Albanians here, they're going to fight each other and they're, they're, not, they're not agreeing and they're trying to run a country together. Maybe they should divorce. The NATO-led peacekeeping mission, so-called, in the region is known as K4 and currently consists of almost 3,800 troops. A statement issued last or on Tuesday said that 30 soldiers, including Italians and Hungarians, were the ones hurt in the uh, fighting on Monday. Fractures, burns from improvised explosive incendiary devices, and so on. So this is a developing story. And, of course, if you want to keep us up to date, feel free to continue to do that. It sounds like it's just a remnant of the Cold War. Or a continuation of the Cold War. You've got the Russian Serbs and the NATO Albanians, and they're fighting, and they're sending soldiers there, and they're just fighting out the Cold War still. 
Yeah, I got to say, I'm not particularly familiar with the geography of this uh, this particular country. The most we've talked I'd say about. this was this was a uh, extension extension of the Ottoman uh, takeover of Europe. Mm-hmm. The Ottoman Empire, um, you know, decided to make people Muslim um, there in Europe and what is now called Europe. I don't think at the time they spent much time thinking about what is Europe, especially not the Turks. And, um, you know, that's having backlash now. It's, it's longstanding disputes. Now, you know, I mean, it couldn't get much smaller. Kosovo is a cutout of Serbia already. And, I mean, I don't know how, you know, I don't know how you get the cut these things uh, down to, you know, little county size uh, things and just uh, let them rule themselves. But, um, you know, it's going to affect their EU status and a variety of things. So Kosovo is separate from Serbia or is it still? Yes. Okay. It's got a dotted line I on Google, it, yeah. which is not a uh, it's not a good sign. That's dis- it, 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 sovereignty. Does that mean it's disputed or something? What does that mean? I'm sure that there are Serbians, uh, Serbs that uh, dispute it. Yes, mm-hmm. that's what it looks like. Is that something that happened in the 90s? Was they kind of carved that out as its own separate thing? It, is, it seems like they just keep on getting carved out. Mm. Um, so, I mean, Serbia wasn't a country in the 90s, as I recall. This is all Yugoslavia and um, the breakup there. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I'm looking here at the map. Uh, looks like this is so southwest of Ukraine is where this is taking place. Uh, Serbia next door to this Albania. So it's Albania that borders Kosovo on the southwestern side and Serbia that borders it on the northern uh, side. And so apparently Albanians are getting into office in Kosovo. And that is what has... Was it Kosovo? Yeah, that's what it right. has I mean, it sounds me. like a mess and it sounds to me like just Cold War fighting. And I don't, I don't know how else to feel about it. It's Russia against NATO again. Or still, well, I don't know what we're, anybody's going to to feel about it um, when you know. I mean, politics is the desire to shove your opinion down your neighbor's throat, right? So I don't just because the Albanians are Muslim or Christian or whatever they might be doesn't make me like them more or less. Um, you know, were they elected fairly? Well, when you decide to uh, to protest a vote by not voting expect the result right i mean mm-hmm. you know you choose not to vote then you know hey now personally i don't vote because when i vote and when i don't vote i get the same result but um in this circumstance you know i just frankly don't care that much if they want to tear their government apart which is precisely what they're going to do Good. by trying to prevent people who are um you know duly elected well, well then have at it Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy, so I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin... Visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Do you remember that uh, tennis guy, Djokovic, who made headlines during... The one who uh, didn't want to get vaccinated? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's back in the news uh, for speaking out in regards to what's happening, because apparently Serbia is where he's from. 
so he's back in the news and uh let me just comment here he's got a story here over at looks like aol who knew they still existed uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's from it's from the hill they're just uh you know syndicating the story Anyway, apparently he's spoken out during the French Open after the violent clashes in Kosovo. Oh, France is going to hate that. Though he called for an end to the violence in a message on camera, uh, wrote a message on a camera lens, apparently. His claims that, quote, Kosovo is the heart of Serbia was seen by some as stoking the historic tensions. Kosovo declared its independence from Serbia in 2008 and has been recognized as a separate state by the United States and much of the West. However, Serbia has refused to recognize Kosovo's statehood. So yet another example here of a recent uh, declaration of independence that the United States has said, looks good. Yep. I mean, (laughs) I don't know to what extent the declaration of independence was or wasn't legitimate. I don't know what constitutes a legitimate declaration of independence versus what doesn't, but... If you say so, it's legitimate. Yeah, that, that's isn't where it? I stand. I've heard on lots it. of American lawyers say that it's completely legitimate. Well, I, I think if any declaration of independence is by definition legitimate, but I realize that's a fringe take. I think Mark, fringe was the word Mark used for me, and I, I recognize that. But it's still there's a long history here of things going on in Serbia and Kosovo and Albania and Yugoslavia and that region in general. There's like. There's such a long history of interference, intervening, bloodshed, and carnage that you're you're not going to fix the problem. You just got to let it play out. So Serbia has refused to recognize Kosovo's statehood, creating simmering instability decades after the bloody conflict of the 1990s. Now, is Kosovo like... It, are they at the edge of Serbia? Yes. Or, okay, so they're not yeah. like Southwestern completely portion. surrounded by Serbia? Correct. Okay, well, yeah, there's that right. at least. It's not an exclave or an enclave, whatever you want to talk about there. Correct. Right, so it's not like Colorado declaring independence from the United States. Nope. Which it is at least a little bit more unwieldy than New Hampshire. So uh, at his first round victory in the French Open, Djokovic wrote a message in Serbian on the camera lens, which read, quote, Kosovo is the heart of Serbia. Stop the violence. And he used a heart symbol uh, for the word heart. Oh, no. See, you just made all of the Europeans mad. You you can't refer to Kosovo as part of Serbia. Clearly. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I don't agree with you or disagree with you because it's not my call. But I, I know what the Europeans are thinking right here. And they're like, Serbia, that's Russia. We hate them. So there's no chance that that, that message fell on warm ears. Djokovic's message was shown on the big screen at some place in wherever there was. Speaking to the media following his match, uh, Djokovic, whose father was born in Kosovo, said he felt it was his responsibility as a public figure to cast his support for the people of Kosovo at this time. Wait, that's the that's the opposite of what I got from his message. He says, especially as a son of a man born in Kosovo, I feel I need to give my support to our people and the entirety of Serbia. So he may believe that Kosovo still should be part of Serbia. He says, I don't know, and I think many others don't know what the future brings for Kosovo and for the Serbian people, but it's necessary to show support and demonstrate unity in these kinds of situations. I don't know what will happen, he said. And he did call for an end to the violence. So, I mean, at the very least, he's right about that, whether or not he believes in the independence of Kosovo is not clear. That's one, fair. And I guess he doesn't in- have to take a side. One could interpret his statement as being against uh, the independence of it. The Tennis Federation of Kosovo accused him of aggravating the ongoing situation. 
with the Federation president saying... Your opinion isn't exactly what my opinion is. <laughs> You're evil. Go ahead, Major. Yeah, there's a couple things you guys ain't taking into uh, perspective here with this whole thing. Okay. Remember, just after World War II, the victors all divvied up the spoils and they drew new fictitious lines everywhere and made countries where there wasn't none. Mm-hmm. Well, there might have been two, three, five, seven ancient clans, uh, tribes, whatever you want to call them, living in that geographical trap. And they've been battling for, you know, their their ancient grievances for thousands and thousands of years. Right. And you think drawing a line in the sand that just blows away is going to change something? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> No, we pointed out that, you know, there's a long history of bloodshed and violence here and people not agreeing with one another and that the attempts to intervene in the situation are not doing anything to make anything better. Well, yeah, the difficulty like- here that that's in place is, is that NATO allowed Serbia and allowed Albania to enter because it wants, uh, you know, it wants to stick it in Russia's eye so bad that now when NATO states are fighting NATO states, they don't have a system for dealing with this. Well, NATO states aren't supposed to fight one another, right? <laughs> well, go make them stop. <laughs> I have no interest in making them do anything. Yeah, I think I NATO should be abolished. I think the problem yeah, there never, is NATO. Probably never should have been instituted. But that's a whole other conversation for a whole other day. All right, what else, Mark Major? brought up uh, free-range pigs or free-raising pigs. Mm-hmm. And I remember, oh, this must have been almost 50 years ago. I was still a teenager. I think probably 76, 78, somewhere in there. A bunch of my buddies, and there was four or five of them, they'd all gotten good factory rat jobs at GM and, you know, Ford and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So they rented this big old farmhouse just on the outskirts of town. Well, it turns out that both the roads cornering it were the uh, township line. So we were pretty much exempt from the noise ordinances and whatnot and could raise as much hell as we want to. Well, we threw a bunch of, bunch of parties and, uh, we got the place in the fall and then come next spring. I don't remember who come up with the idea. I think it was Mike Conklin. He says, let's go get some feeder pigs because we had a great big three or four stall, great big long garage. Right. And so we turned one of the uh, bays into a, into a pig pen. And went around and got all the uh, produce that the grocery stores would throw away. Like mm-hmm. We would do this once or twice a week. Right. And just load the pickup truck. And, you know, after a minute, got a little smarter and went in and talked to the produce manager and says, well, what day do you throw all this stuff away? Mm-hmm. What time? Well, we just pull up there with the pickup truck, and instead of throwing it in the dumpster, we'd load it, it right in the pickup nice. truck. Yeah. So, you know. So that was cool, and yeah, we had some uh, some hell of a pig roast that fall. I bet but these but then, these uh, days somebody's figured right, that out. It's pretty. These days, pretty much, you're going to be uh, fighting at each grocery store, fighting with other people that want to get the food. You mean? Yeah, I mean, uh, basically, a grocery store is the the first place that people are going to think of to go to get produce and um, you know these sorts of things to feed pigs, and you you kind of have to get yourself an in. Go ahead, Sarah. Yes, I just want to bring up this uh, under construction. It's a Christian alcohol drug rehab. And okay. then, 
Yeah, so, you know, the, you guys are talking about jail time, and, you know, that they, most of these people are court-ordered. And what it is is that it, the judges feel like this is uh, better served than punishing criminals in jail some more. They, they, they would have preferred to put them in a Christian rehab home as preferred to, um, like, Letting them rot in jail, and, and it does make more sense because it's it's more of a supportive, loving environment, encouraging rather than a punishing environment. Those are not the words I think of when I think of Christians. <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah, but it's supposed to be. And I talked to the pastor that people that run it used to be addicted to alcohol and drugs. All of these counselors were former um, alcoholic and addicted. Um, that got over, you know, that got better yeah. from yeah. these addictions. And they, and they all wanted to get better. And that's the that's the key piece of the puzzle. The, the people that are being ordered into this rehab, they're never going to get better because they don't want to get better. The moment they want to get better, one of these therapy programs, one of these rehab programs will work. But until they want it, no amount of court-appointed rehab is going to do any good. Well, I mean, out of those, it's better than being in jail. Isn't it more free? You, you do get to go out. And you're not in you're not in prison. Just There's let them do whatever they things. want that's not harming anyone. Let them smoke the crack and shoot up the heroin or whatever else it is they want to do. Yeah, so you know, right? I just think it's a it's a better well well no, it's harmful. It's illegal because it could you people a lot of people have overdosed. That's their that's that's their choice, Sarah. If if they want to do something that's dangerous, let them do it. Well, you know, it just—I I, don't—I don't think so. You know what I mean? Why? Is, is, it, is it true that Sarah, Texas, if you should it be yeah. illegal to smear yourself in cow's blood and then go swimming um, off the side of your boat in the Gulf of Mexico? Well, I—I I, I don't know what that's about. You know, should well, it be no, illegal? illegal. <laughs> it could get you eaten by a bull shark or a tiger shark or a great white shark or um, you know, any, any variety of big things with teeth may come along and you being soaked in cow blood. And maybe just for a, a really good time on a Friday, you might soak yourself in fish blood um, and then, you know, jump it in the water. Is it a good idea? I'm going to go ahead and say it's not. And I don't no, support it. Yeah, it's a bad idea, but it shouldn't be no, illegal. Okay, people do wind up in jail. It's not only do they do drugs and get drunk, they wind up fighting other people. They become violent. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not true of everybody who uses drugs. That's Plus, a, it would just be an argument for not putting them in jail. Well, if you're going to be but violent I mean, with somebody, then you know there's a good argument to separate that person from the people that they're being violent with, or if they're you know continuing to have a problem with hurting people, then there's an argument to separate them permanently from other human beings. I, I think. Yeah. But the the average drug user isn't necessarily a violent person, uh, Sarah. Most of them just want to get high. Well, the thing is that the wind up do get in jail that need all these programs is because they're like, well. My excuse was, well, I was I was doing all these horrible things because I was drunk. I was on in, in drugs. I can't remember nothing. That's the oh excuse. oh. So because yeah, yeah, you that, can't handle your drugs, everybody else needs to be punished. I just well, have to write down. Go this. to jail because they they're like they they're caught doing stupid things. 
And they're like, well, I was on drugs. I didn't mean to do it. No, a lot of times people go to uh, jail for drugs because they happen to get pulled over and the drugs happen to get found in their car, even though they themselves weren't doing anything stupid in that moment, besides maybe letting the police search their car. What were they doing that was stupid? Speeding, running the red light. (laughs) No one said they were speeding or running a red light. Well, Sarah, you don't drive, so you don't know, but I have, I have literally been pulled over for nothing. On one of these occasions, well, I, mean, I was told my blinker was blinking too quickly. <laughs> I have the officer <laughs> on video that. saying that. Well, but overall, well, you know, I, I, I <laughs> commend these, um, you know, Christian homes because... A lot of these people do wind up in jail and drugs because they, they, they come from a So just to be clear, though, Sarah, like, you're saying you want to force drug users into the Christian drug houses uh, for rehabilitation rather than put them in jail. Is that what you're saying? Right. Keeping them longer in jail, it's further punishment. You'd rather be in, in, in an environment that gives you support and encouragement. I will say that get, you know as I mean? far as, you know choices for forcing people to do things it's probably a better option to not put these people in jail but you're still forcing them to do something against their will sarah and i think Ari, you were pointing out that that generally doesn't have the effect that you're hoping that it's going to have when you force someone into treatment who isn't ready for it i'm looking for updates in this case out of kilo and i found one Actually, I found two. I found one from 2015 where they were talking about uh, building a memorial park, the city of New London, talking about building a memorial park honoring the victims of their own eminent domain process. No, they're not. That's according to (laughs) Ilya Soman, who wrote for the Volko Conspiracy at the Washington Post in 2015. This is a Washington Post story. So they they wanted to make a memorial for the people who lost their homes for their boondoggle? That's what at least somebody proposed. I don't know if it ended up happening. Uh, but I mean, that's not the worst idea I've ever heard. It's just surprising. I think it's I misunderstood. Closest thing I've ever heard the government do, come to saying I'm they were sorry. sorry. Yeah. Uh, the I guess I misunderstood what had happened there. I thought they had built a facility and Pfizer left. But no, apparently they never even got that far. According to this story, although the land was originally condemned for the purposes of promoting so-called economic development, the poorly designed original development plan and a number of later proposals fell through. The condemned property lies empty to this day. This was 2015, used only by feral cats. So I guess Pfizer had just said they would (laughs) occupy the property, but it never ended up getting constructed. Because of government boondoggle, bureaucracy, and just general incompetency. Good Lord, I, I didn't think that could, that story could get worse. A memorial is the least they could do. But, but instead of giving that memorial, instead of doing that memorial, give all of that money that you're going to spend on that stupid memorial, memorial to the people, rebuild their houses the best you can, and give it back. So interestingly, this same guy, Ilya Soman, wrote an article within the last month. This was published on the sixth of this month. Okay. Uh, update from Reason.com, also the Volko conspiracy. I'm not sure what that is. I know we've heard of that. You've, you've yeah, mentioned I've, it before, right, Mark? Yeah, I, it, it's a uh, blog site. Well, they're apparently being carried by Reason now. So, uh, Good for them. Oh, here's what it stands for. Mostly law professors, sometimes contrarian, often libertarian, always independent. Anyway, Ilya Soman writes an update here. 
uh, saying that a new development project may finally build new housing on property whose condemnation for the economic development was upheld by the Supreme Court in the 2005 decision. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about Kelo versus the city of New London, the 5-4 to four decision by the Supreme Court in which the justices ruled that the condemnation of homes for so-called private economic development is permissible under the takings clause of the Fifth Amendment for eminent domain, uh, and which only allows takings for a public use. Notoriously, the development project that supposedly justified the condemnations fell through, and nothing was actually built on the property where those homes previously stood. So they tore them down, they got rid of these people, they threw them out. So in theory, those homes could be standing there, and these people could still be living them. Yes. So so they they pulled the trigger before they loaded the guns, so to speak. Basically. Since the last homeowners were forced out and their homes torn down, the only regular users of the condemned land were a colony of feral cats. That may now be in the process of changing. While I missed the news at the time, in January, the Renaissance City Development Association, which is the private nonprofit uh, development firm formerly known as the New London Development Corporation, which took ownership of the property after it was taken by eminent domain. And whenever you hear one of these New London Development Corporation, Monadnock here in this area of New Hampshire has its own development corporation, it's always like the buddies of the city. Oh, yeah. It's it's the city government people who... They can't legally do it themselves as the city or something, so they make their own little corporation to funnel money into. And they get their brother favors. to do it, right. and their their right. sister in law is the secretary there. And they, you know. so it's always a sweet little deal. Yeah. So apparently, the newly renamed New London Development Corporation, the Renaissance City Development Association, sold the condemned land to a different developer, which may plan to build new housing on it, according to the New London Day newspaper back in January. So who's going to own these houses? Are they just going to rent them? Uh don't know uh parcels were labeled uh, sold at five hundred thousand dollars apparently oh so they they sold this property to private individuals the property has been sold by the new london development corporation so they're back where they started except the the land and houses will be owned by different people it's not clear um the corporation has got it right now and but apparently c3 was one of the parcels that were sold for five hundred thousand dollars and 4A was sold for $1. These are the former sites of the residential properties condemned in the Kelo litigation. Suzette Kelo's infamous, or rather famous, Little Pink House, which became a nationally known symbol in the case, was on property 4A, which was sold for a dollar. I wonder what that's all about. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more. All for free at freetalklive.com.